Welcome to Do Ladies Do That. I'm Molly. And I'm Becca, and we're just two lesbians who wanted to take our conversations about LGBTQ plus media out of the DMs and into a podcast. This week we're discussing the L Word Generation Q, which is the reboot to the L Word. And it just follows the same principle, but with a newer generation. So this time, the L Word Generation Q is filmed in LA instead of Vancouver, which is where the original L Word was filmed. It's obviously more modern, set in the present day, and everything seems more relatable to me, being the age that I am. Yeah. It did take me about four episodes to be able to adjust to the colour. Yeah, you were like, there's white or paint? And I was like, what? At the time, I was painting my wall white, and maybe that's why my mind was focused on the paint. But it was just so much brighter and just so much fresher I don't know just no 2004 grain and it was so strange because my eyes had been so adjusted yeah and it just highlights how much everything's become more technical and the world's developed and everything else yeah it was just so different with all the colours and you know the technology that they had in the show and also the technology used between the two series it's just mind-blowing yeah I'm sure that me and you had a discussion and I don't know if it was when we were filming this because I'm sure we have discussed it on here. You were like, what does Generation Q even mean? And I was like, I think it's Generation Queer. Yeah, I kept calling it Gen Z. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And in terms of representation, it's on a whole other scale in comparison to the L word. Yeah. I still think they could have more representation in terms of disabilities, but at the same time, they've done so much better. You know, it's one step at a time, we're getting there. Yeah. I like that they had trans actors playing trans and cis characters. Yeah. Especially given that in the original show, they didn't do that. Yeah. Their rep of gender was so bad and so one-sided and misunderstood. person who plays Max has come out as trans non-binary. So, obviously, that came after the fact they did initially have a cis person to play a trans character. Yeah. And I think it's a good document of the changing times, watching the original in comparison to Gen Q. As we said the last time, same-sex marriage wasn't even legal when the original aired. And the way that we viewed gender and sexuality, Mm -hmm. even just how we use pronouns, have changed so much over the last 10 years. I'd even say over the last five years, since I've been a teen and understanding and figuring out who I am, I think it's changed a lot over that time as well. Yeah. At the end of the last episode, Becca made some predictions. So do you want to talk about your predictions and how accurate or inaccurate they were? (laughs) Right. Okay, so there was sex quite a bit, (laughs) but I still think it was more toned down in comparison to the original. I think they did focus on storylines a lot more. Okay. So I do think I was right a tiny bit in that sense, but at the same time I was well off the mark. (laughs) This is me just trying to give myself credit. For Shane, I think I said that Shane was a hairdresser, so obviously I got that wrong because she kind of sold off her business, really, wasn't she? I mean, she was for the 10 years and then she sold it. True. Okay, I'll take that then. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Alice, talk show, yeah. I didn't imagine Alice being in a thruple, but I really liked the thruple. I think the whole thing with Tasha really helped her communicate and learn communication a lot more, and you can really see how her communication skills have developed with Nat. Yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of Nat, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not part of the Nat fan club. She doesn't bother me, but I'm not like, oh, I really want to know more about her character. Gigi, on the other hand. (laughs) Gigi's just hot. Yes, I like Gigi, okay. That's the reason we all care about her. Exactly. (laughs) 
and for Beth said that she still hadn't moved on but I wouldn't say she moved on but there's hints at it and you know she is still not over Tina and I think that's quite clear do you want to talk about how you um, cried yesterday (laughs) that can come later (laughs) so yeah oh and also it wasn't a vegan cat cafe and I am quite disappointed that... Why are you disappointed at Dana's? No, I meant the cafe that they hang out at. Oh my God, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Okay, no, but... Right, I was expecting a vegan cat cafe. And when that didn't deliver, I was a bit like, mm. But, you know, Dana's is... Yeah. Yeah. That made me cry. I did cry too. I feel like I don't know any of the new characters at all. Why did they take so many new characters in in an eight episode slot? Because we were trying to catch up with the old cast and get to know the original characters and I feel like we didn't really do either. Mm-hmm. There was bits and pieces but it wasn't like a full story. So I'm glad that we have a season two coming and hopefully we'll figure out more. But I was just like, oh. See, I think I was like that for the first couple of episodes. But as time went on, I felt like the way that they'd brought in all these new characters and sort of merged it with the original characters was really clever because I was expecting them all to be this big giant friendship group Mm -hmm. when it wasn't that I was relieved because I feel like that would have been too much yeah I like that there's small connections here and there like Danny working for Bette and Sophie and Finley working for Alice and then Finley living with with Shane yeah but I still don't feel like I know them I know bits and pieces but I don't know them. I get what you mean. I feel like I put a lot of the backstory in a reflection of the original characters. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah. So when I feel like I know them, I don't actually know them. It's just like a parallel of the original characters. So yeah, I think that they tried to recreate the original but in the newer mm-hmm. with Sophie and Danny. I felt like they were trying to make them Bet and Tina and they just weren't they just didn't work up to it but I don't know if it's because we hadn't seen six years worth of them or they just didn't work the same way Mm -hmm. and then I feel like Shane and Finlay were supposed to be similar in some way this little lost soul just trying to find out where to go yeah and then a tiny bit of Dana is in Finlay as well just the awkwardness and I don't know and then with that, you don't really find out from the show, but in the script, it says that Finley's an Olympic swimmer. So then the sports was like Dana. That confused me because when you told me that, because I was like, oh, she's a builder. And then you were like, no, she's an Olympic swimmer. And I was like, have I missed an episode? <laughs> I feel like I've missed something. That's what I'm saying. I don't know them to be like, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. For all I know, she could be a builder, but I don't remember that. No, only because she was like building things and like, you know, she built the bed for Shane and She's just like an intern for Alice. But she's quite handy and that's why I did compare to Candace, you know. Yeah, but you don't... You're... No. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like with Bet and Tina from season one of The L Word, they were sort of endgame. They had a fan base, people were rooting for them. And I don't know whether that's because they just worked. Yeah. Well... They were toxic, but they worked. But I don't know if that's because they, maybe they were a bit older. Yeah. They were at a different stage in life. They were trying to have a baby and everything, whereas... Yeah, I think that might be it. Who's your favourite of the new characters, if you have one? You're going to kill me. Danny. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. I like people with problematic issues. Finley is also problematic and they've got a baggage in terms of religious trauma, which I really hope they explore in season two because the whole thing between Finley and Rebecca I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they didn't actually end up together because it just would not have worked with the whole religious trauma. Like, Finley, go to therapy. (laughs) 
Just saying, there's just a lot to unpack. But with Danny, see, I've seen a lot of things saying that Danny and Bert, they're going to end up together and, you know, Danny fancies Bert and stuff like that. I think it could be true that Danny fancies Bert, but also I don't know if that was just how it was filmed towards the end. They're just very similar personality-wise, but I think that Bert does see her as more of somewhat of a daughter, but not really if that makes sense Mm -hmm. with Danny she doesn't understand the work-life balance whatsoever and that is the reason why Tina and Bert broke up or just didn't work a lot of times because it was due to the workload and how Bert couldn't switch off and Danny is the exact same yeah she's lost Sophie because of it and it was like no (laughs) because you just knew what was coming you just knew it was just not gonna work I didn't expect her to get with Finley only because I saw Sophie a bit like Alice in a sense and then I was thinking oh Alice and Shane they've never hooked up they've just been best friends and it's always been that way and so when I saw Sophie and Finley I saw that and then I was like no they're gonna be friends and friends only then suddenly it's like oh never mind Mm -hmm. mine are Finley and Angie oh Angie is another one for me she was incredible I don't really care about the others but like I said I don't feel like I know any of them Mm -hmm. Gigi is really hot (laughs) I'll give her that and Tess and Jordy have a lot of potential so I'm excited to see that if they follow through with it. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like I've not seen enough to make a more solid decision. Why are they your favourites then? Something about Angie being somewhat a similar age, Mm -hmm. I just really like. I've also never really seen a queer relationship of teenagers other than one day at a time Mm -hmm. so I'm excited for that and then Finley just is so messy that I'm like yeah that that's sadly gonna be me when we're allowed back out and about (laughs) I'm just really bad at life (laughs) she's just so messy and it reminds me of myself and I'm like yeah okay that's that I really love Angie because obviously the last time we saw her she was like what yeah we haven't seen the years and we haven't seen what's happened in terms of her growing up with Beth and tina being parents together Mm -hmm. so you're seeing how she interacts with them as single parents Mm -hmm. i didn't think she'd be closer to Beth. i genuinely thought that maybe tina would have had custody of her but obviously tina was only a guest so you know that probably doesn't make sense storyline wise well the thing with tina giving majority custody to Beth is that it's really important to show the respect that Tina still has for Bet because to leave your kid with somebody if you didn't think that they were going to do a good job at it is pretty big. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of faith in and um, admiration for Bet. Yeah, to truly believe that Bet is going to be a good enough parent when their marriage has broke down. It's pretty good. I was hesitant to start GenQ because I was really afraid of letting go of with the security that Bet and Tina had. Oh, yeah, because you went in knowing they weren't together. Did you not? I didn't know that they weren't together, but I also didn't know that Tina was going to come back. Mm-hmm. I assumed it would just be over the phone because I was trying to stay away from spoilers online when I was watching it. But then I watched the dinner scene and I had seen the dinner scene in January when it came out, mm-hmm. but I hadn't put two and two together. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've seen this. Like, how did I not remember? I was so hesitant to start GenQ because I just knew what was coming. I knew that we were ending season six with them being together, moving to New York, living this happy life, getting married, mm-hmm. and then starting GenQ and they were divorced. Yeah. And it was just like, I cannot go from that so quickly. So I did have to take a bit of time to start GenQ. But I'm so glad that I did because this might be a bit of an unpopular opinion, but... <laughs> 
I felt that I was able to focus more on other couples because I feel like even from season one in The L Word, I was always rooting for Bettina and I couldn't maintain the same attention on any other couple. So even though I still obviously want Bettina to be together and if they don't, well, I'm going to riot. <laughs> Simple as, there will be hell to pay. I felt like I was able to involve myself more in the other storylines with other characters. Yeah. Because I wasn't trepidatious in terms of thinking, oh, Beth's going to cheat on Tina or Tina's going to cheat on Beth. Sometimes I always wonder how toxic they really are and then that's always my main thought. Like, oh my God, they're going to cheat on each other. Toxic relationships work on screen. Mm -hmm. I feel really bad for people who watched it in 2009 and waited 10 years to find out they were divorced. Yeah. Imagine having them ripped from you like that. It hurt me, and I watched it all in three weeks. Imagine 10 years of thinking your ship is endgame. I don't want to. What I try to do is separate this. The L word is like a completely different end of season six, and then you have Gen Q, which you can connect it to the original L word if you want to, but like, you don't have to. In my head, that's how I've played it. (laughs) But yeah, as much as I want Bet and Tina together, I also really like the scenes and how they treat each other whilst not being together mm-hmm. as you said before how much respect they have for each other and how much they love each other so much and they just want the other to be happy mm-hmm. even on the phone calls i do love phone calls when someone's not there you know cute little phone call and just how bet spoke to tina with such grace just warms my little heart i was upset when mm, not even upset i was raging when I first found out that they weren't together. I was so annoyed. Mm. I found out that it was a year earlier that they got divorced. I was just like, why would they do that? Why would they have it less than a year from when we get them back? That makes no sense. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't like it. And then they have that conversation and Tina's quite bitter, excuse the pun, towards Bette. Mm -hmm. And she's like, are you still sleeping with that woman? Bette says you needed that space quite harshly and Tina says yeah I did and then I was like oh okay so she's doing it for herself that's okay I can deal with that and then she sits down with Angie and she has that conversation as to why and I was like tear up because so you're saying you separate the two shows but if you look at the character development obviously we haven't seen the last 10 years Tina didn't do very much for herself everything was for Bet. she was part of Bet. her character was an extension of Bet. it wasn't Tina and Bet. it was Tina and Bet. you know mm-hmm. so for her to take the stand and not just stick with Bette because it's what's expected of her and actually go and become her own person and be her own person is comforting to watch and more parents should do it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. The thing that hit me the most, I'd say, out of all of it was that Tina didn't go to Kit's funeral. I know that that hurts a lot of people, but I get... When she said, I needed that space, I was like, okay, okay, I accept that. Completely understand, especially with it being so soon after the divorce but that hit me the most out of everything yeah but I also have this image in my head of her knowing that it's the funeral and having her own little moment for Kit I get you I get emotional over it anyway Bette wearing her wedding ring as a necklace broke me it hurt so bad and we obviously know that Bette is madly in love with Tina so it's entirely on Tina's side I know that Tina isn't one to cheat but I wonder if she'd met Carrie before ending things with Bette while she was working or something because I know that Carrie's doing law and stuff and then before that happened the relationship developed but I think we need to see to fully understand Tina's process and thought behind the relationship because to me it seems really fast-paced to have left a long-term relationship like that and already be engaged but anyway we all know you're Carrie Samuel you don't have to pretend see you when I make 
a better fan cam with Carrie in it. It's over. Stop it, no. I know you fucked her on the counter before you cooked the dinner. You're making me think of <laughs> Carrie and Tina fucking on a counter now. You're welcome. I know a lot of people judge them for not being good mums, and I think that they are amazing mums. They're human, they make mistakes. Bet apologises for her mistake, well, mistake, however you want to call it, with Felicity. Tina opens up and has a conversation with her. Angie's not some 10-year-old who doesn't know what's going on, like she's 16. Mm-hmm. Explanations are good things to have at 16 years old. And I know people are like, oh, but she's still young. Yeah, she's still young, but she still needs to know. You can control what you say while still explaining your reasoning behind it. Tina's still a caregiver, which also also makes me think that Carrie is the caregiver in their relationship and that's why she sort of is moving quite fast because she doesn't have to put all her effort in like it's more balanced what confuses me is that Tina left the relationship with Beth and like the marriage to find herself and then jumped into a relationship with Carrie so quick that's something that just doesn't sit right with me I'd rather be single and be finding herself in that sense yeah I think that's why we have to meet Carrie to actually understand yeah. And my Tibet heart wants to say that she dropped everything to fly across the country, all for Bet, to check if Bet was okay, to reassure her that she's a good parent, to talk about the incident with Felicity's husband. Mm-hmm. And she stayed when Bet asked her to stay, told her about Carrie. And obviously we had all the tension and everything that we don't quite understand yet because it's what's happened over the last few years. But we were shown more scenes with Tina and Bet. And obviously the attention is more on Tina and Bet, but if Tina had flown back for Angie to make sure Angie was okay, I don't think there would have been as many scenes as we had. I know we didn't get very many, mm-hmm. but they all linked back. So like the please don't go was 2-9 after the baby scan. You can make the links and the similarities. I'm very wary that the creators might be like, she just did it to make sure her daughter's okay and move on. But I think that a lot of it is very much pointing towards Tina and Bette getting back together. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been too easy to just start Jenq off with them together. I can see why they broke them all. Mm-hmm. Because I think if they started together, they wouldn't have been able to make them last. Yeah, and also Laurel's not acting. I know, she's into the arc now. It makes sense that they had that as a storyline. Mm-hmm. At least they didn't kill her off, that's all. Because they could quite easily kill her off. Mm-hmm. Speaking of killing off, how did you feel about Jenny and the revelation there? I was underwhelmed, to say the very least. Oh. I feel like you were happy with the outcome. Yeah, well, as I said, that was my thought for her going forward anyway. So I was just like, okay, cool. Like, good to know. Keep going. I was watching the first episode and had a random theory because I knew that the revelation was coming because you had said that it was in episode two mm-hmm. and I knew that Kit had passed away as well mm-hmm. so I was thinking oh my god it was Kit and she ended up relapsing because she felt guilty and she would have gotten away with it and in my head I was thinking she ended up relapsing and drank herself to death because she murdered Jenny so in my head I was thinking that would have been such a understandable storyline and an understandable exit rather than just obviously when it was revealed that it was just a car crash and you know she ended up becoming addicted but I completely understand the whole opioid connection and how that relates and I think that was still really good. Yeah I think that it really brings attention to the failings of American healthcare system. Yeah. But I just hope they do justice to that storyline because no Pam Greer couldn't come back 
Yeah. I hope that they keep bringing it up as this grieving process storyline for Bette because she wasn't really coping with that and you can see that when she goes and screams on top of a mountain. I love that scene with her and Angie. It's so raw and in a way, I think Angie was having to try and parent Bette and tell her that it's okay to have emotions because Bette would have told Angie that but here in SL, she just doesn't take it in. So I really did enjoy seeing Angie talk to her as if she was a friend rather than a parent. Yeah, I think that highlights their closeness as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I was saying, it's a very positive portrayal of parenting, which I think they're going to continue into season two because they were talking about it being a co-parenting storyline. Mm-hmm. And when you say it's a grieving process in terms of Kit, I think that was also relating to the marriage. Like, she was grieving the marriage alongside grieving Kit. Yeah, definitely. She lost two of the closest things. Grieving can take a long time, so I really hope they do do it justice and don't just say, oh, that was the one scene you get. (laughs) Right, so she lost Tina, she lost the campaign and Kit, and it's such a short space of time given that everything was a catalyst to that yeah so now she needs to gain three things so she can gain tina back (laughs) just to like equal it out you know yeah shane's investment in dana's is something so special as i said i cried when she revealed that that's what she was calling the bar Mm -hmm. lesbian bars don't exist not where i live i'm pretty sure there's some and it's something that i love seeing on my screen yeah i get what you mean before covid and things but when i would go to different gigs and stuff a lot of my interests were queer interests as such so there's something so special about being in a room filled with people who are like you when normally you're in a world that's filled with straight people i think over recent years though gay clubs have been sort of infiltrated by straight people because they like the music or you know they just it's cool to go to a gay club Mm -hmm. that's great if they're genuinely in support of the lgbtq plus community but in dana's it's still true to its roots like it's still a lesbian bar through and through it's not being taken over in that sense yeah no like beforehand when we first see what is now dana's it was like water bar yeah you know it's just not a very friendly place to be like i love the links constantly back to the original show from Shane's birthday cake to the screaming on top of the mountain to Dana's to whatever it was just really really good and then just as a side note while we're talking about Shane the dig that she makes at Tina when Beck leans over to the flowers and was like oh she always had such good taste and Shane's like not always I need to know why they already hate Carrie I mean, wouldn't you if <laughs> if you were them? I I know that I would. Yeah, but why? What about her? What does Tina love about her that nobody else loves about her? I need answers. <laughs> and this is why I'm so excited for it. And I know I get, <laughs> I would just get attacked for being a Rosie stan and a Carrie stan. But I just need to know. I don't really care much for Micah. Mm-hmm. But I feel bad about the whole Jose thing. For Tess, I really hope they delve more into her addiction. With Finlay, as we were saying, I hope we see more about her religious background. Mm-hmm. I don't care much for Danny or Sophie either. I don't have anything against them. It's just nothing made them stand out to me. I think there's a lot to explore with Danny, whereas I worry that Sophie could become quite a redundant character unless they develop a character a lot more because, like, with Tina, she was a bit of a redundant character for the first couple of seasons. So I'm kind of glad that she's, you know, going on... I don't know if she's going on the run or going to find Finley and bring her back. Yeah. I can't tell if they're going on holiday together or if they were coming back. Yeah. 
I'm glad that's happening in season one rather than down the line because I feel like people would lose interest in Sophie quite a lot. And that's no fault of Sophie's, it's just how it's written. Micah, I felt like he wasn't given enough screen time. Yeah, definitely. I kept forgetting about him and suddenly he'd appear and I'd be like, oh my God, I forgot he was a character. We met his mum, but I know nothing about him other than he used to date Danny. Mm -hmm. We have 10 episodes next season, so hopefully we get to know more. Fingers crossed. Right, I know we mentioned Danny and Bette, People want them together. What is your stance? Okay. I can see it from two points of view. Because Danny and Bet will be hot together if you if you think if you think of like No, Becca. No, no. If Tina was not in the situation, okay, if that just wasn't a thing, right. I can understand why people want them together. They're very alike and they're very like strong minded. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> well, I don't want them to get together because obviously Tina and I just think it would be a disaster i genuinely just don't think it would work whatsoever and also i think danny could potentially develop feelings for bear i don't know if it was intentional to have danny staring at bear like in the last couple of episodes the camera sort of panned towards danny a lot and she was staring at bear so in my head i was thinking they're trying to create the atmosphere and the tension and it's like sexual chemistry between them but only from danny's end not from bet's end because she just is not interested in the slightest and you can tell but i also think that danny is basically just a carbon copy of bet in a sense Mm -hmm. they have the differences but in terms of their lack of ability to maintain a work-life balance i do think bet's gotten better at that but when i say in like season one of the l word when bet was constantly work 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 and it was the downfall of the relationship with tina yeah because it just she didn't have that balance and it's so important to have that balance yeah and i think danny is gonna have quite the character development when she realises that she's lost Sophie because obviously it ends with her realising Sophie's not coming. Well, we don't know yet. We don't know where Sophie is. Oh, my God. In my head... We don't know who Sophie chose. Oh, okay. Ignore that then, because I, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wow, okay. But in my head, it's Finley. She's going to Finley. Danny has an admiration crush on Bet, mm-hmm. And as we were saying, they have a lot of similarities. But do you know who I would love for Danny to get with? Alice. No. Gigi. I want to see it so bad. If Nat and Gigi and Alice don't continue the thruple situation, which I don't think they're going to from the ending. No, I don't think they will. I think they would be such a good match with so much drama because their personalities would clash, but in a good way that would just create angst and it would just work. Oh, I want it so badly. Now you've said that, I'm not going to stop thinking about that. (laughs) As you should. (laughs) So now you don't want Bet and Danny together. Thank you. Point concluded. No, no, no. I never said I. I never said that I wanted them together. You I, said no. 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 I said I could see why. <laughs> Shut up. I said I could see why people would want them together because it's like your typical, your typical ship. No. Shut up. <laughs> just let, let me have my moment, all right? But yeah, Danny. There's just something I like about her, and it's because she just has a lot of issues which she needs to fix. In order to have a sustainable relationship and in order to just become a better person and I am so excited to see that happen because I just think there's a lot more that they could do with her. Yeah, I agree. But I think she should do it with Gigi and not me. Yeah. I didn't say... Oh my God, I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> 
What did you think of Alice, Nat and Gigi? I think they worked well together and I think it worked well for Alice's character development. You've got like Yumi her and that's the only other thruple that I've seen. Have you watched Yumi here? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. If these shows have told me anything, it's to never get involved with a married couple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The amount of drama, especially when Alice walks in to find that Gigi and Nat have slept together like without her. You just know it's going downhill from there. Yeah, it did create really good storylines. I did really enjoy it. I think Alice was quite... Well, she was a main character, but I think she was more of a catalyst in Gen Q than in the original Elwood. Her talk show, Finley and Sophie both work for her. Her talk show is an amazing way for them to have guest stars on. Yeah. Because in the original show, they obviously had guest stars playing characters. Mm-hmm. You had Jane Lynch and Sybil Shepherd. Don't ask me, because I do not know. Kelly Lynch. They had loads of amazing guest stars. Yeah, like Holland. Yeah, Holland Taylor. The talk show works really well to have all these queer icons come on. I would much rather watch the Alice Piasecki show than the Ellen DeGeneres show. Same. <laughs> right. Season two, hopes and predictions. What are you thinking? Right. I don't even know if it's a prediction because we know that we're seeing Carrie, but Angie is going to behave badly towards Carrie. Parent trap, let's go! I'm so convinced that they should put her on a mattress and ship her off to sea. I think Angie and Geordie might come up with a plan or, you know, work together in a way. I hope we see more of Geordie and the relationship between her and Angie. I think they're going to end up having a relationship into season two, but I don't know if they're going to last. I think Angie's going to experience heartbreak at some point. I tweeted a few weeks ago, and I don't know if you've stayed away from it because it is a kind of a spoiler, about a new character called Kayla Allenwood. Yeah, I didn't see that. She's on the cast list on IMDb, and I'm assuming that it's Angie's half-biological sister because Marcus Allenwood. (gasps) So I'm really excited to see how that storyline plays out oh wow and then sophie the actress who plays geordie did a q a a wee while back and i messaged her mm-hmm. are you excited for this storyline and she said that she's excited and nervous she can't wait for everybody to see it because it's a really good season and stuff so i am really really excited but obviously now you have to process the kayla allenwood thing <laughs> As you were saying about Carrie, we know we have her for three episodes. Mm -hmm. If we get a Tibet reunion, I want it to be a slow burn. Yeah. I feel like they need to earn it and show that they truly deserve each other after everything that they've been through. So if they were to get together in season two, in my opinion, it's too rushed. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have the serious hints that we had, like the hand-holding and lingering hugs and longing stares, rather than just get back together. But I do think when they get together, whether it be next season or season three or whenever, I do think they will get back together. But I also think it'll be a knock to the Shebar kiss. Even if it's in Dana's at a party or something, I think because of how many times they linked back to the original series, they'll keep doing that. I just don't want there to be cheating involved. No, because Tina isn't one to cheat. <laughs> but Tina didn't cheat. When they got back together in season five, Tina was single. Bet was in a relationship. True. But yeah, that's the one thing that I don't want. In season five, I kind of like the cheating storyline. Mm-hmm. In terms of them getting back together in Gen Q, I just don't think it will... No, it just can't happen through cheating. It's got to happen pure. But I think there should be longing looks and all that jazz. As you say, I think I agree with it being too rushed if it was to happen in season two in terms of their reunion. But if it's only four seasons and if they got back together in season four, I'd be so annoyed because it would be too late. So I think season three 
is like the perfect. Hopefully we'll find out halfway through season two whether they're getting a season three because I feel like once you've got a season three you're kind of confirmed to get a wee bit more. Yeah. So hopefully. I'm not sure what will come of Bet's date. I'm pretty sure that the actress who plays Maya is on a different show so I don't know how her scheduling would work and I do think that her going on the date with Maya was just to show that she knows that she should move on rather than she wants to move on Mm -hmm. because I think we'll always have that constant longing for Tina. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the fling with Felicity continues. in my head that's done and dusted I feel like that's a chapter closed I'd hope so but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't Mm -hmm. because I think Bet goes back to what's comfortable she had no chemistry purposely made sure that there was no chemistry and it was just really awkward and she was like another fruit bowl and a coffee would be nice instead of opening up to this woman but yeah yeah as for Sophie I don't know who I want her to go to at the airport I want her to go to Finley she's clearly happier with Finley but if she was to go to Finlay without telling Danny, I really wouldn't care for her character. I'd be like, that's it, whatever, you can do whatever you want, I don't care. There's no need for her to not have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think she is a bit of a coward. She doesn't want to hurt Danny. Yeah. I think that's always the way. You don't want to hurt someone, but you end up hurting them even more by doing the opposite thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think her and Finley are a good match. I think there's a lot they have in common. Yeah. It'll be a bit of a shell shock to Danny. Danny doesn't see how she's treated Sophie at all. She needs that reflection. She needs to see what she's done. Yeah. And she needs to see how she can change in order to become a better character. I'm more well-liked because I didn't realise how much you didn't like her. I just don't have the time of day for her, to be honest. I'm not complaining about the show or anything like that. I do really, really enjoy it. But I just don't care for her character yet. She's the one I see the most potential in. I think that's because we've seen the most of her. She was highly involved throughout every episode. See, I feel like you've got loads of potential in Tess and we hardly saw her. Yeah, because she's still drinking, isn't she? And she starts again and I think that's gonna be a... And that was to do with Finley. Well, not just to do with Finley, but Finley was a part of that storyline. So I don't know if that's where the connection there comes in because I do really like Finley. I think they're all going to be main characters in the next season, but there's some storylines which need continuing and I think Tess is going to be one of them. Yeah, I'm hopeful. If Sophie at the airport goes to Danny, I hope that she tells her about Finley. I don't know if I'm just being really, really harsh, but I would literally have no respect for her if she just went back to her and didn't even mention it. I don't want them to get married. But there's a wedding, there's a wedding thing came up a wee while ago. I haven't seen any of this because I didn't want to like ruin anything for myself. A behind the scenes thing, there was a wedding. Oh, yeah. But we don't know whose it is or anything like that, so I don't really know which way that's going to go. We haven't really talked about Kiara, but I absolutely love her. I think what she said to Shane at the very end was true, but really harsh. I don't like her with Shane. I don't think that you can go and get pregnant and then expect someone who you were divorcing because you wanted kids and they didn't to then just accept that you're pregnant. Okay, I understand that bit, but also, Molly, I'm going to block you. (laughs) It wasn't like she was, like, forced and chained to be with her. She was saying, you don't have to be a parent, you can just be my partner. No, but that makes sense, but still. Well, we have different opinions. (laughs) So I do like Kiara. And I think her and Shane are good together, but it is just, like, obviously the kids factor, which... Yeah, I think that it's probably one of the best relationships Shane has been in. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't think it was very fair to turn up on Shane's birthday and expect her to just take you back and then drop that you're pregnant. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Shane, like Finley, they're both characters who say the wrong things or act 
in the way that they're not meant to. They seem to not be able to do anything right. Yeah. Even though they're trying to. And I think that's definitely shown when Shane's trying to hide the baby gifts. Yeah. And at the end with the dog, where Shane sees that dog, right? I'm so excited for them to finally have dogs. <laughs> you have no idea. I'm so buzzed. Why do they have loads and loads of lesbians and no pets? Excuse me. That makes no sense. The last pet we had was Mr. Piddles. <laughs> I was going to say Dana. <laughs> With the dog, I think Shane's going to see the dog as her equal in the way that Kiara said that she can't love anyone else other than herself. Yeah. She hasn't got, like, maternal instincts, Shane. Even though she's so good with kids, she just doesn't have that maternal instinct. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're showing that because there's so many people who don't have the maternal instinct. And it's okay to not want kids and very rarely is that shown. I know. And we we just need to normalise that. In a way, Shane adopting the dog is, like... Because a lot of people who don't want kids have pets and, you know, they're good at looking after the pets and that's what they prefer. I'm excited for this dog because I think it's going to mean more than just being a dog. Yeah. I saw today somebody say, do you think that Shay will come back? Shane's wee brother. I'd love to know if they're still in contact. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't really onwards from being in contact season four. But how old would Shay be now? I don't know, probably like my age. That's just sort of like a little plot hole that I'm... I want to know more about. And then my last hope or prediction, mostly hope, is that Helena comes back. Please. But with Rachel Shelley in the UK and the pandemic, I don't know if that would happen this season. Rachel Shelley. (laughs) It's essential travel. (laughs) I will personally tell Boris Johnson myself that her going over to LA is essential travel. (laughs) Because she needs to come back. Do you think he would care? I don't care. So that's everything for this episode. We hope you enjoyed. Next week we're going to be talking about Biorasia, which in the media is quite frequent. Quite a bit to talk about on that. So stay tuned. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at DLDT Podcast and we can continue any conversations you have over there. You could check us out on Spotify, Google Podcast, just wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy and you want us to keep going. We'd be really grateful. Join us next week where we will continuously question Do, do they do, do that? that? Never mind, take that out. Take that out, Molly. <laughs>